goal chance for Conor McGrath here and he'll surely give it in Conor what a goal! Mackey heading it towards the 21 meter line. Team Mackey still going. Go on, your boy. Goal is up for Cats. Oh, what a goal! I can't think of a better position or a better place to be in right now anywhere in the world. It's time to take Sam to throne. If you look back in sporting history, you'll see that the whingers and the whiners are forgotten. The characters remembered briefly. But will stick in your mind at the champions who showed class. I want nothing to do with that, to be quite honest. You know, I think it's a disgrace. Been a small change before the game, worth the street. <laughs> Been a look, Donovan Connor. A wild effort on goal. It's oh, over! Oh, 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 it's over! Oh, 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 Equalizer! All right, welcome along to the. GAA podcast what's usually known as the Friday GAA podcast but in a most unusual turn of events is taking place on a Thursday this week not because I'm not around tomorrow but because there's just so much GAA on this weekend we want to mm. give you as much time as possible to tune in and listen to us ramble on for about half an hour or 40 minutes uh, as always I think we should start by reflecting on last week and the scores from our predictions we do this every week as far as I remember so uh, bringing up the rear and right here, Adrian Barry and Dave McIntyre with two out of five. I'm a good company. Humiliating. On shot. Yeah. Uh, in fairness to Dave, like, I don't know what it is about you, but you do, even in the football, the, the soccer podcast. Uh, not that know we used what you're to talking about. Day, like, you, every week, you were, you, pretty much every week, you were the, just the bottom I man with say this. every week now. More pretty often much than not, yes. Yeah. But... Look, I mean, for a guy, because you're like, you, you, in fairness to you now, and I don't want to overly compliment you, but you like, have a decent old knowledge about <laughs> sport. I know who the people but are. But yeah, like, he knows their names do. and he can yeah. say them at speed. Exactly. <laughs> Look, uh, I'm not proud of my record in either code, mm. be it the garrison sports or otherwise. But unfortunately, it's just something that I'm going to have to pull my socks up on. And I'm starting this week. A well, lot of the time, lo- to be fair. A lot of opportunities this week. There's both of the Premier games. League and on our uh, GA podcast, I do try and be a bit different just for the sake of it. You do, in fairness. But it takes a point game. predicting London to be going. And I'll tell you as well, sometimes that pays off for people, that idea of just you know going for a team just to be different to everybody else. Yeah, but the problem Nathan. is... It's a reoccurring nightmare because once you start to fall behind in the stats, you'd have to do it far more often. It's like going away, picking the away question yeah. when you're on a question of sport. You keep getting the wrong, you have to go for an away question the next time. Jer's not here to defend himself, so we can say whatever we want about him. Three out of five for him. Well, and then look, in the context of everything else that's going on, that's not bad. The winner, the leader, whatever mm. you want to call me. Yeah. Four out of five predicted that... The tip, the Limerick hurlers would beat Tipperary, and the Tipperary footballers would beat Limerick. I had, I did change my prediction during the podcast that Tipperary with footballers would beat Limerick. I hope that was counted in my tally. Yeah, I'm sure it was, Dave. Yeah, don't, don't <laughs> so quite, the chances uh, are I was on three um, and above. Eight remember that. The one thing I will note is that we didn't even mention uh, the previous week's predictions on last week's podcast. Mm. Why was I bottom of that table? As well, well, no, I'm sure I did pretty well actually, and I'm sure Nathan did well, terribly. Listen, and I'm if you want to spend quite twenty minutes listening back and uh, no, you're discovering right. that. Uh, anyways, we should probably get on <laughs> to, uh, to what's going on this weekend, enough. and we got a double header, our first double header of live action on off the ball. Busy weekend for Dave McIntyre Saturday evening. Down at Glennon Brothers Pierce Park in Longford for Longford against Wexford in the Leinster Senior Football Championship quarterfinal. And then the following day, the big one. Mayo against Ross Common in the Connacht Football Semi-Final. Let's Can't start wait. With, can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be a great weekend. As you say, it's the first time we've had two matches in a weekend and it's just kicking off now. I'm really looking forward to it. What, are, what do Glennon Brothers do? That's a very good question. I think they're a really good company. They should maybe send us in some of their wares. Well, maybe they make concrete know. or something, which would not yeah. be the most... I, I, I'm, I'm okay for blocks <laughs> right now. 
Ah, look at we'll take it. Whatever it is at this stage. Any yeah. freebies, welcome. Free stuff. Uh, Mayor Ross Common, undoubtedly the biggest game of the weekend. Sorry, I don't mean to labour the point, but they are the title sponsor of a county ground and three people who are involved in, to some degree, of sport, as we've already established, have no idea what they do. That kind of, I would suggest, sort of is, in terms Wor- of Worrying the, for them well, from the naming their sponsorship. Rights, you know, I presume they're spending a few quid on this thing and people uh, people are fully aware that it's Glenning well, Brothers Pierce Park. Glenning Brothers, the one thing I know about Glenning Brothers is they were established in 1913 and they've been manufacturing high-quality timber products ever <laughs> since. <laughs> the frantic clicking you'll have heard in the background for the last 30 seconds. That's the result. What more do you need to know about Glenning Timber, Brothers? Timber products. So, if you Very need good. your garden decked, give these boys a buzz. What about man? hide? What do they make? <laughs> the good doctor. Well, it's, he's, uh, <laughs> he's, uh, he's got a practice there in Roscommon Town, I believe. Uh, Maybe he wasn't an actual doctor. He could have been. He could have received a doctorate from... He, like, pro- he, pro- uh, he actually like, probably did. The way footballers receive who, doctorates. Yeah, that, that, there's an interesting item in this. Who was Dr. Hyde? Well, and sure which, which, is, there, is there a Dr. Talking Jekyll... Talking history, Sunday nights, tune in. Is there a Dr. Jekyll Park out there? Well, just to that, sort of any, was, the du- was Douglas Hyde, was he a doctor? Well, presumably, is that not who it's named after? There I, you go. That's a good I question. I could be completely <laughs> wrong. That's this probably is, the answer. We, we should really have uh, thought about all this beforehand. Uh, but maybe that is. Maybe we're completely wrong. Text in or yeah, well, email naming, in or naming whatever. Are topical right First now, president so. of the GEA, you'll presume that's where they got it from? Perhaps. Well, let's, let's not presume anything. Dave, maybe by Sunday, because this is going to be your opening question when we link over to you on Sunday afternoon. I Hi, shall Park. Be, who, who was that? Uh, I shall be prepared. After. I shall be prepared. So Mayo, uh, they've already been out in New York, comfortable win. Now potentially just five games away from ending that 63-year wait for Sam Maguire. You've got to love Mayo people, Adrian. Yeah. Uh, 12 points between Mayo and Roscommon last year as Mayo cruised through Connacht. But uh, since then, Roscommon, they've won Division 3. They've got to an All-Ireland Under-21 final. And if there is to be a major shock in this year's provincial championships, this could be the game. What's the thought process behind continuing without any under, of the under-21 players in the Roscommon team? I mean, you kind of understood it maybe a little bit the last day. They weren't long after that, the, the final against Dublin, where they uh, got their hide handed to them. Um, and so you kind of understand maybe in some ways that, you know, from John Evans' point of view, he's kind of managing these guys and using kid gloves around them. And so you, the process will be that you kind of ease them into ease them into this thing and, you know, give them a little bit of time to get over what had just happened to them. But surely at this point in proceedings, a team... They're not just a bunch of chumps who had, you know, gotten to a provincial semi-final and were beaten, and they, oh, they show plenty, you know, plenty of prospects. They got to an Ireland final. You assume that some of them are ready for senior football. Yeah, but also he probably looked at the team that beat Leitrim quite comfortably and thought there's not a huge amount wrong with this. And if we've got a lot of young, fresh, quick, athletic players to come on for the last fifteen, twenty minutes, if we can just keep Mayo to within two or three points, perhaps that's the best way to utilize these players. And you forget there was a an. It's a very successful under-21 team from 2012 as well, which also made an All-Ireland final. They have a number of guys from the St. Bridget's Club who have been struggling with injuries. Guys like Seneca Bride, he's fully fit, you would hope, for this game. And then Donny Shine is actually fully fit. He's starting at centre-half forward. He's a player who has not really been able to show his best for the last three or four years. And the fact that they won Division 3 of the mm. league. Now, there were a few under twenty one sporadically playing throughout the league, but they never really established themselves. I agree with Nathan. It's great to have that sort of youth coming on, real enthusiasm off the bench. So it's probably not a huge surprise given their underage pedigree it's not like this was a ball from the blue this under 21s it's one of a number of really good underage sides that have come through the county in terms of possibly been an upset I'm not sure like Mayo yeah. just are so strong they're so physical the team that they've picked is uh, certainly on paper as good as the side they picked last year 
I'm not sure Whoa. Roscommon will beat them. They'll definitely produce a better performance than last year. Yeah, it in was my one head, of the most pathetic displays well, that's of the it, championship In my head, I, I had that Roscommon actually played quite well against Mayo for kind of 25, 30 minutes. But then I watched it back yesterday and I was looking and thinking, actually, no, Mayo just destroyed them it right just from the off. If memory serves, Roscommon got, got a bit physical with them for a while and decided that, well, we're not going to match them man for man here, so maybe the best route is to actually just try and take them on a bit physically. And that, that actually paid dividends for a while. I mean, you can't sustain 70 minutes of that, obviously. But it played dividends in terms of the score was kept down. Mm-hmm. But once that sort of petered out in the second half, Mayo cruised away. It was it was a really disappointing nine, like performance. That, that yeah, it was that. Yeah, it was just one of those uh, games whereby a lot of people going into it felt you know Roscommon could really test Mayo here, and you felt really let down afterwards. So what you're saying is that the bunch of players who were there for Roscommon last year weren't good enough to get close to Mayo, well, and perhaps freshening that up with a bunch of young players that are good prospects in the future of Roscommon football might actually be the way to go. Well, three guys made their championship debut against Leitrim, so it's not mm. like it's all. The guy, the old guard. There are new faces in there as well. Three members of the O'Shea family starting for Mayo on Sunday. Uh, the two midfielders who we know well at this stage, Seamus and Aiden, and also coming in Connor O'Shea, who is pretty much Aiden's twin. They, <laughs> it'd be very difficult to tell the two of them apart. But it's quite remarkable to have three members of the same family. Yeah. Well, when I saw the team, and it's Connor's first championship start, he did come off the bench against New York. But I remember thinking, I told myself, surely this is unprecedented. And then about five seconds later, I started to think about guys like the McEntees, the Mortimers, the Rorks, and the Mortimers. Um, the Mortimers the Bogans, never they started played in a championship game together. Possibly, the Mortimers never started a game together. The three right. of them, they were all on the pitch at the same time, but they never started a, a championship game together. Anybody else wants to get in on the act, let us know. It's not actually that remarkable. We, we're going to be talking a little bit about this over the weekend, just the whole idea of the familial aspect of uh, sport and the way the it sort of, and um, develops. It's and something else that's going to come up later on with uh, Tommy Walsh and Paul Walsh going for the same spot yeah. on the yeah. Kilkenny team. The O'Shea's. But the thing about it is, yeah, <laughs> so, so many like, of them actually. You look, you look your your older brother is achieving in Gaelic football as, as is the case and then, so you can actually say to yourself, well, I can, this, is, this thing is readily achievable as opposed to, you know, Schmucks like me, who um, my older bro- my older brother never really achieved anything in the sporting field, so I'm not being overly too uh, to aspire to. I'm just going to edit decent, that. Decent, I'm going to edit no, that from that just to f- uh, never really achieved anything. <laughs> edit and then move on. So Adrian Barry is blaming his lack of talent and his failure to achieve anything on the football pitch on his brother. Um, no, 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 no. That was surely down to I was a decent left half back in my day, but uh, just other interests came. Well, what way. Adrian is very good at is putting together montages, and he spent many hours <laughs> this, putting. This might like almost like my ep- epitaph. This is a, uh, he, what he, he was good at was putting together. A good he literally montage. spent all day yesterday putting together his montage for Mayo Roscommon for the weekend, which means I couldn't put one together. But this is a fixture, obviously very close to my heart. So spent a couple of hours this morning just going back over the last 20 years or so and some of the great moments between Mayo and Roscommon. Kevin O'Neill sending a great ball into space. Running onto it is Ray Dempsey. Knock one man drives it in! A goal for Mayo! A lovely ball inside. Beautifully in for James Mellon to set up for Mortimer! David Brady breaks through. He wants to beat Nestor. It's a chance for Nestor. And it's a goal. We, David Nestor, brings Mayo back into the Connacht Championship. Alan Dillon has gone into a good position. Here's O'Shea. Brilliant. Aiden O'Shea, who only completed his leaving certificate examinations on Friday. Nightmare for Roscommon. Roscommon, go back to the drawing board. Mayo, masterful in every sector of the field. 
All right, well, that was, uh, that a, was a an clear outrage, reflection yeah. of what outrage. happened between Mayo and Roscommon in recent years. Well, no, you said, th- you said you were putting your montage together based on the last 20 years. Yes. If it had been the last 13 years or 12 years, that would have been a fair reflection because Mo- Roscommon haven't beaten them since 2001. Mm. But that 2001 Connacht final was one of the greatest Connacht finals of all well, time. I did and include, you seem to have completely forgotten I did, about I did it. include David Nestor's goal from that Connacht final. Yes, I remember that not the, vividly uh, that day, being behind the goal when David Nestor, who grew up half a mile away from me thinking what a moment for Ballyhonis and then Roscommon went straight up yeah, the other you end you do also remember yeah, the net time. bulging goal that Roscommon followed that would look, look, look at it. listen I'm the presenter if you want to do your montage uh, for I did Roscommon a montage you just didn't bother your whole using it that was the <laughs> I think that was the essence of this you've let yourself down here, well, that's all I'm going to say in fairness Mayo haven't conceded a goal in the Connacht Championship in nearly nine hours of football so you can't overly fault the man he's obviously got his biased hat on but Listen, let's talk serious football for now. Uh, we're joined on the line by a guy who is certainly my favourite Sky Sports commentator. <laughs> Not that they, there's much competition. Mike Finnerty, how's it going? What an introduction, Nathan. How's I it know, going? Yeah. Uh, Mike's day job, sports editor of the Mayo News. Uh, Mike, looking at the Mayo team name for Sunday, no Andy Moran, no Alan Dillon. It's a, it's a pretty inexperienced forward line. Yeah, it most certainly is, and uh, I hear you and the guys there referring to 2001. If I'd known that was going to be brought up for for discussion, I may not have taken the call. I was uh, I was reared on the 1989 saga and dined on uh, Jimmy Burke's pushover try goal into the the graveyard. And 01 has been erased from <laughs> the records, uh, as far as I was concerned, for Mayo people. But looking at Sunday, yeah, it's um, it's a very surprising forward line in particular. You know, we'd like to think down here we've. Um, we're studying it as closely as anybody that we've got our, our finger on the pulse and I have to admit I never uh, saw Andy Moran being being dropped for Sunday. I, I assume that Andy would have been uh, part of the furniture in the Mayo forward line again uh, this summer. Um, he played really well for Balahadrine in a, in a club championship match a couple of weeks ago and yet the team announced last night uh, the half forward line is the line that's got everybody talking. Jermyn O'Connor an Ireland minor winner only last September. Uh, Conor O'Shea, it's his first senior championship start. And uh, certainly it is a real baptism of fire for Jirma than Conor in, in particular. Uh, it certainly wasn't something I think that anybody saw coming. And there's no doubt about it. Um, there will be a lot of scrutiny on those guys on, on Sunday. Mike, there's been a lot of scrutiny on Andy Moran over the last two years, pretty much since he was struck down against Down in that All-Ireland quarter-final. And he's one of the best love guys in Gaelic games as well, as well as been a really talented forward. Is it a case that he simply has not proved in training that he is the player that he was before he suffered that knee injury? Because he went to New York and you were in New York. Three points he kicked from play in that game. I know you have to take the quality of the opposition into account. Mm-hmm. But is it a case that maybe James Horn is seeing him three or four times a week and he's just not convinced? Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. That's the only conclusion, really, that, that you can come to because, as I said, his club form has been good recently. He did uh, play well with that caveat that it was against New York, but he did play well in Gaelic Park. He looked very sharp. He certainly was moving the ball that little bit quicker than he has been during the spring, and that was a big a criticism of Andy throughout Mayo's league campaign, that he was tending to slow things down a little bit. Now, Mayo did go on a training camp in in, um, in Carton House last weekend. They would have spent three days training intensively. James and Donny Buckley and Tom Prendergast would have been seeing everybody at close quarters um, for a lot longer than they would have for quite a while. And I can only assume that it was during those trial games, during those training sessions, that Conor O'Shea put his hand up and came into the mix and that, that Andy started to come under pressure. I still... 
uh, assume that in terms of experience, though, and leadership, that Andy and perhaps Alan Dillon as well would have been in James Horan's team. But um, I was actually talking to Kevin McStay this morning, who, who writes a column for us in the Mayo News around these Mayo matches, just about the team. And, and Kevin was very, um, very surprised by, by, the, by the forward line. But he also made the point that this is, is a big declaration by James Horan that it's year four. He's not afraid to freshen things up. He's not afraid to make the hard calls. And that all of a sudden now, it's, it's created another discussion point around the team for Sunday. Is there the possibility that James Horne is maybe thinking long term in that he knows exactly what Andy Moran can do? He'll have no hesitation of throwing Andy into an All-Ireland semi-final or an All-Ireland final if Mayo were to get there. Whereas he really needs to get Jermaine O'Connor and Conor O'Shea some full-on hardcore championship time. Yeah, I think I think that's a very good point, particularly when you consider Conor O'Shea has had a very, very tough last 12 months with injury. In fact, um, Edwin McGrail here in the office, our, our resident Brafey supporter, was just tallying it up this morning. Conor O'Shea has actually only played seven games of football in the last year. That's between club and county. He's had a, he's had a long-term groin injury that has really restricted his football, and it's only in the last few weeks in particular that Connor has started to, to tog out regularly to play for his club regularly and the only way James Horn is going to have any idea as to how he can perform at this level at championship pace is to throw him in there likewise Jermaine O'Connor he's got just um, one game under his belt that was against New York in the championship whereas you say Chris Barrett Alan Dillon Andy Moran we all know what they can do and perhaps as well James is thinking in terms of strategy for Sunday he may well finish the game with his strongest team on the field and that may be another little tweak to his tactical approach that he's trying to introduce for later on in the summer but the only thing about it is any Mayo supporter that's ever gone to Hyde Park for a championship match will tell you you have to perform up there it's a very difficult place to go even when Roscommon are not going particularly well in, in years gone by you have to perform to get a result now we're meeting a Roscommon team coming in as Division 3 league champions uh, off the back of a very successful under-21 campaign. John Evans, I don't think there's a better motivator um, in, in the country on his day to get a team revved up and pumped up. So that is, that is the concern that, that um, if James Horne has called this right and everything goes to plan, his stock will rise. Um, if it doesn't go to plan, uh, obviously it'll be a, a very different aftermath. Uh, Mike, we're hearing that uh, Gavin Duffy was tried at wing-back, he was tried at midfield and a half-forward apparently as well, not in the squad uh, for the game on Sundays. Gavin Duffy, is this, is this the experiment done with now? I was reading some quotes of James Horne, he seemed to be speaking about him in the past tense. Well, I suppose the second most talked about topic here in Mayo in the last few hours after the, the selection of Conor O'Shea is will Gavin make the 26 or not? Now, as far as I'm aware, the substitutes haven't been officially All right, okay. released just yet. There's a huge amount of of, um, of scrutiny on that subs list. Everyone is dying to see, is Gavin in there? I'd have to agree with you. If Gavin isn't on the bench on Sunday, then it would look like the, the, the project is, is, is up on blocks, um, for the short term at least. Because again, the more than with Conor O'Shea, the only way James is going to, is going to judge Gavin is in that white heat of championship against the likes of Roscommon. I know the vast majority of Mayo supporters that I've spoken to over the last few weeks would feel 
Gavin should be in the squad for Sunday. It's the only way we're going to find out whether or not he can he can mix it at that level. And I think as well with the injuries to Tom Parsons and Jason Gibbons, two out and out midfielders. If Gavin isn't in the squad for Sunday, then I'm not quite sure uh, when the circumstances will 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 open up for him again to be there. We know where the strengths are in this Mayo squad and Mayo team. Numbers 1-9 to nine on the side name for Sunday, all nominated for All-Stars. But have there been any real tactical changes during the league campaign from James Horn, just trying to change things ever so slightly, that something that will last till September, that they're not just going into this season going, OK, well, we're only a point behind Dublin last year, which really didn't tell the whole story. Yeah, that's something we've all been watching as, as, as closely as, as possible over, over the spring and, and throughout the league campaign. And, you know, one or two fairly, fairly obvious things would, would catch the eye. They do seem to be trying to kick the ball an awful lot more now, trying to, to be more direct in their approach, because I think it was, it was quite obvious throughout the course of last summer the running game was, was, was what Mayo were trying to play more often than not and they were very very good at it uh, up to uh, the, the All-Ireland final up to when, when Dublin I suppose unveiled their, their game plan and it, it, uh, it caused Mayo quite a few problems so certainly the, the half-back line kicking the ball more Aidan O'Shea uh, trying to, to move that ball a little bit quicker but, but that I suppose has, has, has only worked to a point and if, there, if there's any criticism to be made of, of the Mayo uh, delivery, it's that it's still that little bit slow. You know, Seamus and Aidan O'Shea, two huge men, they're going to win so much ball in every game they play, but the ball just needs to be moved that little bit quicker. And I, I get the impression there was quite a lot of time spent on that again over the last few weeks. You could make the point that's where Conor O'Shea's selection comes into the into the equation as well, that he, he feels there's a need there to move that ball faster not to delay that split second longer than you need to out around the middle of the field. And um, I suppose the only, the only concern as well uh, in that regard would be reflecting back to the Derry match. You know, Mayo didn't set the world on fire against Derry. They had an off day. The only match they've played since then has been the New York game. So you'd like to think that they will have ironed out the problems in, in the meantime, that they will be able to cope with this mass defence that Roscommon are going to play on Sunday. I don't think there's any doubt that Roscommon are going to pack the defence. They're going to make it very hard for Mayo to break them down. And again, you'd hope that Mayo move the ball quick enough that they have enough playmakers and and guys there to to make the right decisions at the right time. Maybe that's where Alan Dillon and Andy Moran will come in once things start to... uh, start to, to settle down a little bit Alright well thanks for taking the time out to join us Mike I'm sure you're a busy man and uh, best of luck on Saturday night the big Sky Sports debut you looking forward to it? Yeah very much so uh, Nathan really really looking forward to it now it seems like the, the build up has gone on forever a bit like the, the Mayor of Common build up but, uh, yeah, t- Tell us about it we've been listening to Dave for about <laughs> six weeks at this yeah, stage Yeah great, great to have a guy of Dave's experience and, and talent Gotta go Mike well. Gotta go Best of luck with it Mike Cheers Nathan thank you uh, great to get the insight there from Mike Finnerty. Uh I think it's going to be a good test for Mayo as well because he spoke there about Roscommon's blanket defence. It's an inexperienced Mayo forward line. If they can come through this and if they can shoot a big score, it will definitely stand to them later in the summer. Yeah, the other performance of Noah last year from Roscommon was that qualifier against Tyrone at Dr Hyde Park. And we had it live and off the ball. It was a real back-to-the-wall performance. They were in with a chance of actually snatching it right to the very end. They scored a goal against the run playing the first half and that just kept them in the game all the way through. So that was an indication of where they can play or how they can play defensively. They just need more and they need more from Kilbride and Donny Shine. The worry for us, Common, is if they manage, if Mayo manage to shut those two boys down, who else is you there? You cannot see them winning the game. All right, I'm going for Mayo. No shock. 
Yeah, I think, look, it's interesting to hear Mike talk about Conor O'Shea there and the fact that he's only had... He's obviously impressed in the last couple of weeks, but he's only played seven games in yeah. the last year because of this groin injury or whatever. So it'll be interesting how that one pans out. And that they've been training at Carton House because I'm pretty sure the Kilkenny Hurlers were there that same weekend or maybe possibly the weekend before and the Tyrone that. footballers are there as well recently. Um, anyway, yeah, Mayo. Spot. Yeah, I'd love to see Ross Common go close, but I think Mayo win the game. Yeah, and as we said, it is live on Off The Ball, 2 o'clock throw-in on Sunday. Also on Sunday, last year's All-Ireland Champions uh, start their campaign. Dublin against Leash at Croke Park, 4 o'clock throw-in for this one. I didn't see anything in Leash's victory over Wicklow that suggests they can worry Dublin in the slightest. No, it's it's a pity we are, uh, when you're talking about Dublin, you're really just looking to see how much they're going to win the game by. I don't think there's a huge amount of say about this game, to be honest, because Dublin have won the league again. They're just the second team in the last 21 years to follow up an All-Ireland title with a, with a league victory. Cork were the only other team to do it. And it just looks like they've got so many options, so many players coming in. Pretty much a couple of new players. Alan Brogan is like a yeah. new player. You know, he's just putting, knitting the entire attack together again. Bernard Brogan is fully fit for the first time since the 2011 All-Ireland final, perhaps. So I think that they are going to just take some stopping and at least certainly will not get close to them. Ger Brennan would, uh, he would choose to disagree with you, lads. He uh, Some suggestions this week that, you know, uh, Dublin are red-hot favourites for this game. Are Jamija building them up? It's bull. Uh, said Joe Brennan this week uh, they were, he says about Dublin that they were he said Dublin were poor for large parts of the league this year which actually only goes to prove his own point <laughs> that uh, they were poor point. and they still bloody won, won the thing yeah. Uh, sorry yeah it goes to prove the, the, the question that he was asked uh, and he also said teams are hiding in the long grass and if we're not careful we'll get a kick yeah they may um, well get a kick maybe around the August Bank holiday weekend or the All-Ireland semi-finals yeah. there's no way Where that they could Brennan, end up playing a Kerry or Cork in an All-Ireland quarter-final Jer is a good likeable honest bloke and he is not lying in bed at night wondering whether Leash are going to cause an upset something that's been spoken about a lot on Off the Ball and there's been a lot of talk about Dublin is should teams not just change their game plan completely for Dublin and go with a 100% blanket defence almost Donegal style would there not be a case because Leash's game plan against Wicklow was the same as everyone else they pretty much lined up six six backs six forwards you know, mm. John O'Loughlin was brilliant in midfield that they would put pretty, pretty much everyone back and leave Ross Munley maybe Donny Kingston up there and just try and edge Dublin out of it Yeah we were talking uh, a couple of weeks ago about uh, ahead of that Wicklow game about Tommaso Flaherty's natural inclination to be a defensive manager and that actually he was brought into the Leash job to be a little bit more offensive uh, and so it's maybe in some ways entirely suited from here because there's no way you can set up offensively against Dublin you got to set up uh, pretty smart in defence and just hope that you hold them to about 9 or 10 points But if you think. think the most clinical defensive unit in the country for the last three years has been Donegal they couldn't stop Dublin and that was when Donegal were at their most offensive obviously they've become an awful lot more fluid since then but that 2011 All-Ireland semi-final I mean, they did manage to get the job done. And if any team on any day was going to do it against Dublin, it was that Donegal team. And I know Dublin are far less defensive now than they were back then. But you just think they could hurt you in so many places. Also, you can't expect teams to to set themselves up purely to face Dublin at some stage in the championship. I mean, most teams won't face them. Well, from Leisha's point of view, they knew, they, you know, accepting that they were going to get past Wicklow, they knew that Dublin was coming for a long time. So for the most part of Tommaso Flarte's Leash career, he's known that this is the game they've been targeting. And I would be astonished if at times they weren't planning for the eventuality. By the way, I'm, not say, I'm saying that's the approach they should and most likely will take. I'm not for a second saying that they're going to actually beat Dublin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's probably no point uh, discussing Dublin too in-depth 
this Three afternoon because we're going to be yes. talking about them all summer. They've won 26 of their last 27 Leinster Championship games. The only big thing for me here is how much of a disaster this is becoming for the Leinster Championship because it's not va- like no matter what Dublin say anymore, it's, it can't be valued anymore by them. If you continue to win the thing every year, it can't be valued. Everybody else knows they can't win it. And it just becomes a bit of a defunct And it's terrible when tournament. you think of where the Leinster Championship was four or five years ago. Between 2003 and 2000, between 2000 and 2010, you had Kildare, Dublin, Mead, Leash and have I left one? You certainly um, have, Devon. Westmead out. That's you know, six counties out of the, big the 12 one. winning the Leinster title. You couldn't even begin to imagine a similar situation now. You're a true pro. It's a great little segue into the other uh, Leinster quarterfinal at Croke Park on Sunday, which is within... Uh, with between two of the counties you mentioned, or did you mention Louth, or is that going back over old ground, well, which we maybe don't want to bring? Louth were one of those teams, unfortunately. Uh, two for o'clock them. throw in for Kildare against Louth. Uh, if Kieran McGinley was in charge of Kildare still, this is a game we would all expect Kildare to win quite easily. So, Jason Ryan isn't a bad manager by any stretch of the imagination. So, why is there a general feeling that maybe Kildare are going backwards, whereas Louth could maybe, would it be a shock if they were to win this? Well, I'm not sure if that's entirely true. If this was the 2013 Kildare team under Kier McGinney playing Loud this Sunday, I'm not sure. I would actually be surprised if Loud were to beat them. But yeah, they're under new management. They started the year brilliantly. They won the, the O'Byrne Cup. League was obviously wasn't great. But Loud are seemingly one of these coming forces Aidan O'Rourke has done a great job with them they were pretty decent in beating Westmead again no disrespect to the man to my left but Westmead aren't exactly pulling up trees you can't very much judge Loud's that's progress that's probably exactly what they're doing because they're not uh, doing any sort of concrete practice on how to win a football <laughs> right. match so I would say pulling up both trees both of these sides there's a lot of motivation there for them because they're on the right side of the draw absolutely it's just a huge incentive to reach a Leinster final for both of these teams obviously Loud want to try and redress some of the hurt from four years ago but it's a different management team almost completely different different team as well yeah. uh, it's a tough one to call this one I I think Louth might just edge it I have to say I'm going for Kildare I, yeah, I, I, I know I'll a lot of people Kildare are kind of well. writing off Kildare for this game and like the other big thing obviously is the well how many you know in terms of the uh, their forwards like the absence of Johnny Doyle obviously again this year uh is a big thing for uh, for Kildare and that, I think that's another big factor because you've a bunch of forwards that aren't necessarily the most clinical um, lo- about Sh- Shawnee's gone Shawnee's gone back to Cavan yeah, yeah. Um, the scored one of the points of the championship last year against Tyrone <laughs> well, um, they love Shawnee and they've lost James Cavan as well and he's playing with Galway in this year's championship and they're very short and good forwards as it is they certainly haven't got the forward line to do any damage in this year's championship I think they'll just about have enough to beat Loud though I think there's some merit actually in what Dave was saying about Louds being a bit of a coming force they beat Leash uh, in Leinster last year they beat Westmeath this year like you know albeit we know about the merits of them um, and they have a few young players coming through and perhaps a bit of a project and I see that this 18 year old Ryan Burns who scored that goal against Westmeath the last day um, has been named on the bench again the old uh, leaving cert he's in the middle of the leaving cert I, I, I'm struggling to get my head around this one I have to say I what that he's on the bench that he's involved in any way shape or Why? form I would think this is the perfect distraction if you're in the middle of the leaving you don't, you do, you don't need a distraction, distraction you're in the middle of the leaving sir. what do you are you doing being distracted you just leave the off for a week and hope that maybe you can get the job done without him he'll have a long a long career playing yeah. intercounty football for Louth. The week of his leaving cert is probably the only week over the next 12 years sure, outside can, of him getting married or something like that that he's going to need to be uh, well, and be off. on the bench next year as well when he's repeating. <laughs> yeah. And he's and he's not the only one. Owen Lafferty is on the bench as well. Another leaving cert student. I, for my money, I just think you just if you know they're on the bench, they're obviously not that important to your plans. Maybe maybe Edna Rourke had this discussion with them, and he absolutely insisted he wanted to be on the bench. Well, I would be insisting that no matter. <laughs> 
I would be insisting that he's not on the bench. Ultimately, is my point. I just think it's leaving sort of week. You know, an important week in your in, for your future. Having a distraction, as Nathan put it, uh, puts it. I think if this, um, I'd agree. I think it's unfair. Gravity is is not required. Uh, Saturday night we're going to be live as we said at Glennon Brothers uh, the wonderful company and their timber products uh, Glennon Brothers Pierce Park Longford against Wexford uh, Billy Joe Padden Dave Brady Colin Parkinson will be alongside you Dave uh, the winners of this one play Dublin yes they do well Better if they beat Leash of course but um, look it's, it's it, this is going to be a very close game these are two sides in Leinster in particular who know each other better than any other two counties between league and championship they've met over 10 times in the last 5 years so it's a situation where they know all about each other and there are a couple of new faces in the Wexford team the team was named yesterday the Longford team similarly but the th- key for Longford I think is that they've got a win under their belt already and that they beat Offaly a very poor Offaly team obviously but I think it's um it's home advantage that may well be the key here. I think Longford may, in front of what we would hope would be a big crowd at Pierce Park, Glenham Brothers at Pierce Park, it might just be enough to shade it. But this is, this could easily go to replay. This can be a tough one. Yeah, two very similar teams. Longford have home advantage and have the momentum of getting that victory. And that's pretty much all we can go on at this moment in time. I also think Longford are the better team of these two. If you look at the, you know, in terms of the teams like Brian Cavan and Paul Barden should have scored a couple of goals against Offaly. In fact, one of them should have been a goal it wasn't his doing uh, Sean McCormick top scored against Offaly um, they've, they've decent players the problem against Offaly was that they were far the better team that day but they couldn't see it out in any sort of comprehensive way which would be needless to say a little bit of a concern for them but again a shake up in management from last year Glenn Ryan gone Jack Sheedy I know you were talking to him uh, during the week comes in a little bit of a reputation in the club game and perhaps it's just what they need but you will be, you'd be worried Wexford are going to be a step up for them obviously from Offaly and you'd be maybe concerned in some ways that that aspect of not being having the ability to see the game out as comprehensively as they might have done might be a bit of concern for them but I still fancy Longford to there get it There are two done. teams in transition and Wexler's problem is they're still relying on the same guys Kierling, Ben Brosnan and PJ Banville the same lads not Ben obviously he was around in 2008 but he didn't play that got them to that All-Ireland semi-final they haven't progressed since Jason Ryan left they've gone backwards if anything I think this would be a mini shock maybe a mini tremor but I think Longford will beat them all right, three Longfords it is. Game I'm really looking forward to. Armagh against Cavan in the Athletic Grounds. Four o'clock throw-in on uh, Sunday. Two counties who seem to be going in opposite directions. Cavan, incredible underage record in recent years. Starting to follow through on that at senior level. Promoted from Division 3. Got to Crow Park last summer. Armagh relegated from Division 2. This Everything here points to, towards a Cavan win. It does. That's what worries me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what worries me. Most people will be aware of my Cavan connections. Look, Cavan are just continually making progress because we've known what they've done at underage level and then they obviously made, made their way out of Division 3 for the first time in a long time where they've actually threatened to pr- get themselves promoted. They didn't turn up in the final against against Roscommon. No. They were brilliant throughout and the regular season. You. That would worry you. But they did play well against Roscommon in the, in the regular stages of the league. They have no debutants in their starting 15. I think that if, is the one statistic that will be pleasing to Cavan people. I remember watching Cavan in 2011 and 12. They played Donegal on back-to-back years in the preliminary round of the Ulster Championship. Between those two games, they would 14 championship debutants. To come into this game with none is a measure of how well they're doing. That none of this year's under-21 side, for example, were able to break into the team. They have Gerald McKeon back at centre field. Killing Clark or, or missing is a massive Yeah, it's blow. huge, isn't it? He's a huge loss. He was nominated for an all-star last year. But overall, Armagh are in a really bad place. At all levels, at all grades, I think they're going to struggle to win this game. Cavan were the best defensive team in the league. They take that to the Athletic Grounds, I think they'll beat them. I was surprised, listening to Off the Ball last night and they had McConville and Billy Joe Padden on, how 
Ushin in particular, still seemed reasonably confident in Armagh that they tried out a few little things in the league that maybe they've addressed some of the tactical problems of last year. And I think back to this game last year, and it was one of the most tactically naive performances yeah. from any county. That won't the way happen they again, were sent out. Well, obviously, with McGinney in there, yeah. you would presume yeah. maybe that gives them a little bit of stability. What's, what's but maybe I, I, did, I did wonder, listening to Ushin, was there a sense of, well, look at the Armagh team I played off were so far ahead of that Cavan team that it would still be a shock if Cavan were to beat Armagh. And maybe mm. Armagh don't realise just how bad things have yeah, got. they're living in the past. Yeah. They may well be. Like, Billy Joe was the joint manager of the under-21s and with Stephen MacDonald. They didn't have a good Ulster Championship. Cavan were straight ahead of them. And I think they're, they're not straight ahead of them at senior level, but they're certainly ahead of them. They com- the confidence Cavan have taken from last year's run, they played so many games, beat Fermanagh twice, and they beat Derry after extra time at Celtic Park. That was a monstrous win in the overall history of Cavan football. So, while they have to go away this time... It'll be a low-scoring game, I think. I know we've predicted that in the past. It's come back to bite us. But I don't think there's going to be like a huge amount of goals in this game. But Cavan, I think they're just good at winning games. I didn't get that sense of optimism, I have to say, from Oshin really? last night. Yeah, he was, well, I, the optimism was coming from a place where he was talking about um, the fact that they'd done so badly in the league. And he mentioned that when the championship comes around, pretty much that everybody just kind of blindly believes that, well, it's championship week and we can definitely pull this off. That was kind of, I think, the base of it. He also talked about, which would be greatly concerning, that the you know they're going so well, they played a couple of challenge games and the fact that they annihilated Westmeath for 35 minutes in a challenge game in the last couple of weeks. Um, I mean, I don't want to continually shit all <laughs> over my own county. It's coming from a place of love, but that really is not the basis. When was the last time you were home in Westmeath? Uh last month probably oh. want to leave it another couple of months I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. no I mean look it comes from a place of love it's, this, this is my, built out, built out of frustration people. but what I'm saying is that from an Armagh point of view do not be expecting to win the Ulster Championship do not be expecting to be Cavan on the basis of having annihilated uh, West Meath in a challenge game for 35 minutes it's not really the basis and he also talked about the concession of goals failures, uh, failure to get their forwards on the ball and I think um, it all amounts to a Cavan win, Dave, I'm afraid. <sighs> yeah, keep, win. keep Jamie Clark quiet, you win the game. That was what happened last year. He was held scoreless. I think Cavan will shade this one. There's also a couple of very interesting games of hurling on over the weekend. Uh, tomorrow evening, Kilkenny against Offaly at Nolan Park. Dahi Regan is going to be there for us and I suspect Dahi may be looking forward to this one. I give homage to Scotland. And if this is your army, why does it go? I know these lads, they're, they're as proud as be damned. They really are. They, they love Offaly Hurland. They're giving everything they have for it. You've come to fight as three men. And three men you are. He had what I call Offaly passion about him. That fella has no fear of nobody. As honest as the day is long, by Jesus, he won't stand back from anybody. What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? I expect Offaly to come out and, and wire into Kilkenny the weekend. I really do. I, I expect Offaly to wire into Kilkenny like they've not done in a long time. Fight and you may die. Run and you'll live. At least a while. I expect Offaly to come out and wire into Kilkenny. And I expect in front of the home supporters the weekend, Offaly to come out and give it one hell of a lash. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to train all the days from this day to that? For one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemy. Give us what you have, lads. Leave it on the field and you know what? We'll be proud of you and we will be proud of them. And we are proud of them. And we will be proud of them if that's what they do. 
And if it's a beating, it's a beating. But come in, the awfully people can afterwards look at one another in the face and say, you know what, we're proud of them lads, everything they have. And if they do that, they'll, they'll rattle three Kenny for a while. That they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! I expect Offaly to come out and wire into Kilkenny. Well, they did wire into them, but they lost last year. Yeah. Ah, yeah, but I mean, in fairness, nobody expected them to uh, wire. In fairness, Dahi completely did, uh, but nobody really kind of expected. The difference, I think, for Offaly this year, they had three League One wins under their belt last year um, in 1B heading into that game. Uh, this year they head into it after going into the promotion relegation playoff, albeit beating Kerry. The one sort of, they, I mean, they drew at Limerick over the course of the league, which might be a bit of a something for them to kind of grasp onto. But I mean, again, like I think similarly enough to our Dublin conversation a little earlier, there's not anybody really expecting Offaly to win well, this game. This game last year was the first real sign that all wasn't right with Kilkenny, that yeah. the juggernaut was stoppable. They put 4-9 past them and we all just presumed after that, oh, this was the wake-up call Kilkenny yeah. needed and it never came back. This year, they've won the league, a couple of good tight games as well, which will uh, suit them going into this match. Our, our Kilkenny are never probably going to get back to where they were five years ago, but you would expect they'll definitely have enough to win Leinster this year. Well, that's a that's a bit uh, of a stretch. Really? Saying that, that now, ahead of their Leinster Championship opener. I mean, Galway will definitely get better for what happened last weekend. And Dublin are the defending champions. So just to sweep the rest of them aside well, and say Kilkenny are going to win the I'm Leinster Championship I'm just putting it out there for you to disagree season. with. I thought you were just going to say they'll definitely win this game. I think they will definitely I, win I, this game. They'll go on to beat Galway and then they'll go on to beat Dublin. He's <laughs> what happened what's happened there is that he's gone so far down the road that he now can't reverse. Back. He's not fucking this the road is up. too long to reverse. I think Kenny will win this game, they'll win it comfortably, off here in an awful spot. Speaking to people in the county about the facilities, the manner in which the intercounty teams are treated, it's an absolute joke. And it's years away from improving. Uh, I'm just not sure how much Kilkenny will win by but I'm glad I'm not at this game Dahi will be at it um, I think Longford Wexford will be the one at the game on Saturday night Kilkenny people what, uh, what accent was that? somewhere between Longford <laughs> and Calvin it's his country accent it's always a Calvin accent the Kilkenny people the newspaper this week saying that it's a match that could explode in Kilkenny's face if they're not ready I, I, I really don't know I don't know where the Kilkenny people you're saying we'll, be, that, we'll uh, be switching over to the speedway by half time and, but, and the other problem is it's a big Saturday night for Kilkenny because they are 21s had the floor wiped last night by Wexford Their things are starting to look a little shaky at underage level for Kilkenny so they need the seniors to put out a big performance and just restore confidence in the county this Saturday hard and to imagine a, a Kilkenny team without Tommy Walsh in it mm. if yeah, he doesn't well, the, start there, one he, game he in 11 start, years he's there, missed there will be a Walsh if he doesn't no matter start. what <laughs> and like in terms of like you mentioned the Sky thing they obviously looked at this game and looked at some of the best hurlers to have ever played the game and then you look at like you know Tommy Walsh possibly in the injury list as well for Kilkenny Michael Rice uh, they're, they're talking about potential season ending and maybe even beyond that uh, for him after the cruciate injury Shefflin, Fennelly and Richie Power as well all out so in terms of Sky trying to sell this one I mean they're you know, there's no point Tune into your radio Saturday evening yeah. for or just uh, have Sky on on the TV. Listen, Dave, you ball, can't you can't serve have off two the ball on the background because you won't be seeing Longford Wexford on the TV. Uh, Sunday, Cork against Waterford, the Munster Senior Hurling Championship quarter final replay. The general consensus is Waterford missed their chance first yeah. time out, but this is always the consensus with something like this. They were nine points up. They were yeah. good enough to go nine points ahead of Cork. People always say, see, that's the problem. The people always say that. So when there's a team that are 
supposedly better than another team and then the lesser team so-called lesser team manages to drag some sort of a draw out of it and it goes to a replay then people always say well sure they've had their chance and that's it perhaps this Waterford side are far better than anyone has well, given them well they definitely for. are and, and you see the, like the big sort of narrative line into last week and I was as guilty as anybody was that there's a bunch of up and coming players in this Waterford team but this is just too early and perhaps over the next few years they could perhaps mould into a team but that the plan is sort of two or three years down the line and actually there could be a difficulty in the fact that they've drawn with Cork and there could be a difficulty in the fact that they might go on a big cork because all of a sudden the bar of expectation is raised. There's a very young bunch of players there in Cork and Austin Gleeson particularly had a brilliant game um, the last day out. Uh, Jamesy was talking about the Cork's inability to win uh, the puck uh, the puck out their own and Waterford's as well. Um, and I think that Waterford could do uh, worse than try and sort of hone in on that tactic again this uh, this weekend I, I, having said all that I do expect Cork to see it out one thing we did learn was that Aidan Walsh is a damn fine hurler yeah he's going to yeah, have a busy well, few weeks ahead of him if, uh, if, if, he, if he is to continue playing for both codes and if they use him in, in every match I do wonder uh, is Brian Cuthbert going to possibly leave him out of the Munster football semi-final or will he demand that he plays in that if they were to win this he would end up playing three weeks in a row and he could end up having a summer of 12, 13 championship Yeah, games. I'd say he probably will maybe just have him on the bench if he's involved at all. I mean, it's a game Cork are obviously going to win. In terms of this game on Sunday, I think it's a cliche that Adrian talked about, but unfortunately most cliches are there because they're true. The one f- uh, few exceptions I can think of is Dublin last year. They, are you saying they I used a cliche? That's, I mean, the ultimate <laughs> insult to... Uh, they left behind them at Nolan Park. Not even I, a negative cliche from you for once. Yeah, well, if I'm, if I'm making a cliche, I hope, I'll, I'll always hope it's negative. Look, Dublin should have beaten Kilkenny in the Leinster semi-final last year and they left to be on. They drew and Irving just wrote them off. They went back the following day and beat Kilkenny. They're the sort of inspiration that maybe Waterford need to take. I hope they haven't missed their chance because it was such an enthusiastic, fresh game and game plan from Waterford last weekend. They will have a couple of their players back. You would hope that'll just add to their resources. But if Cork up their ante, after each draw game, you wonder which team can improve the most. You would imagine there's more improvement at Cork than Waterford. That might see them too. Well, you say that for Cork what, Waterford had five debutants in that team last weekend. And so all of a sudden here are a bunch of players who have and seven minutes of championship uh, hurling under their belt. So... There's definitely there, you can make make arguments, arguments for both sides, but uh, cork, you're going for cork, yeah. <laughs> cork, three so, corks. It yeah. is then, uh, so, and we all predicted Kilkenny as well. Yes. All right. Well, that is pretty much we it. We haven't mentioned for uh, this the, the, Have we not? well. There's a lot of things we haven't mentioned. Okay. We haven't go mentioned on. the Nicky Rackard, Laurie Marr, and Christian Cups well, at uh, this was Park the on Friday, Friday afternoon slash Thursday GA Championship. Anyways, Mayo got beaten in the semi-final last week. Uh, <laughs> now, now we're getting to the crux. And the other game, big game, you haven't mentioned is uh, in Ennis on Saturday night. Clare against Waterford. In I apologise. In the Football, uh, and okay. we have the the possibility here that if the Waterford hurlers do manage to be caught, which they won't, uh, it'll mean that Podge and Colm Collins will meet Waterford in both codes over successive weekends. Uh, their father, Colm Collins, uh, Collins, is the senior Clare football manager as well. So lots of interest in this. Uh, Two teams game. scrapping it out for the right to be slaughtered by Kerry. Well, look, at, look, at, look at Kerry's injury list at the moment. <laughs> yes, yeah. Waterford were three points up with 15 minutes to go against Galway and Salt Hill last year. That, uh, the way Galway were playing Michael, last year. Michael Meehan got the goal. They only won it the end by a point. Having said all that, I expect Clare to win it. As do I. Yes, three Clares it is.
Thank you have for bringing that to us. Have we deviated it anyway? Have we all gone with the exact same predictions for I really hope game? not. That, um, I, I really want to sort of have some have. sort of uh, difference. Anyone go for Wexford? I no, hate Green. Adrian's going to listen back once we're finished. Well, at least if that is the case, I'll be guaranteed to be joint top of the table. Which is the main thing. As we said, two live games this weekend. Starting with Longford Wexford Saturday evening. And then Mayo Ross coming on Sunday afternoon. Talk to you next week. What is game? Who got game? Where's the game in life? Behind the game, behind the game. I got game, she got game, we got game, they got game, he got game. It might feel good, it might sound a little something up the game if it ain't saying nothing. I got game, she got game, we got game, they got game, he got game.